0: Coming up on this episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast.
1: So many people have written me privately to tell me that, you know, they don't feel like they can talk about it. They feel very alone. You know, people shut them out. And my advice to people who are diagnosed is, you know, don't allow people to push you in a corner and make you be quiet. Don't shut up.
0: Welcome to the Colon Cancer Podcast, offering hope, information, and inspiration to those impacted by colorectal cancer. I'm Lee Silverstein. Welcome to episode 57 of the Colon Cancer Podcast, our last episode for 2016 hard to believe. We've just wrapped up another year and I would be remiss without extending my sincerest thank you and appreciation for your listenership, for your loyalty, for all your great feedback. When I launched this podcast almost two years ago, I never envisioned the the support and, and the impact that we've had. And I, it's important that we end the year And that I let you know how much it means to me uh, the uh, support that you've given the show. And I truly, truly appreciate that. I want to be sure to wish you and your loved ones a happy new year heading into 2017. May it be filled with, first and foremost, good health for you and everyone around you, uh, happiness and peace. And I think it's important, you know, this time of year brings a lot of joy and a lot of happiness for many people. But it's also important that we acknowledge that for many people, this is a difficult time of year for many reasons. And I want to remind you of the support uh, opportunities that are available to you through the Colon Cancer Alliance, particularly the uh, number of online support groups, online chat groups that are available to you. This is how I got my support when I was first diagnosed coming up on six years ago, hard to believe. I, My first uh, engagement with the Colon Cancer Alliance was through the daily online chat. And that was the only chat that was available then. And now Jeannie Moore and the team has done an amazing job. And there are now five chat that are available to you. And I highly recommend them. Uh, check them out. You can find them on the Colon Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org under Get Support. And here's the rundown. There's the daily online chat that takes place Monday through Friday from noon to 1 Eastern time. And that's for everybody, patients, caregivers, uh, just people that just want to just connect with other people in the colorectal cancer community, Uh Sometimes it gets serious, sometimes we get a little silly, but it, nonetheless, it's a great place to come get your questions answered. For new folks, they actually start the chat 30 minutes early for those of you that are coming in for the first time, so you can get a little bit in, of individual attention. So again, that's the daily chat Monday through Friday, noon to one Eastern time, 1130 a.m. for those of you that are brand new. There's also a chat for the Stage 4 folks. Uh, That's my group. Those of you uh, that are looking for a little support and friendship for the Stage 4 folks, that chat takes place on Tuesday evening, Eastern, 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern time. Every Tuesday is the Stage 4 chat. On Wednesdays from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern is the Grief Chat, Open Wounds Grief Chat. Managing Peace After Loss. So for those of you that are looking for support, that are dealing with grief, highly recommend you check out the Grief Chat on Wednesday evenings. And finally, we have a chat for our caregivers. Where would we be without our wonderful caregivers? Uh, I couldn't even begin to imagine. But... The caregiver chat takes place on Thursday evenings from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Again, for more information, to find all the details on these chats, go to the Colon Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org and click on the tab that says Get Support. If you have an ostomy or are in the middle of chemo treatments, you know at times it can be a struggle to stay hydrated. That's where H2ORS comes in. H2RS is an oral rehydration solution, which is an over-the-counter electrolyte drink mix for dehydration. H2ORS is a medically accepted alternative to IV hydration and helps replenish your fluid and electrolyte levels. It has three times the electrolytes of most sports drinks without the excess sugar, artificial flavors, or artificial colors. And if you'd like to try a free sample of H2ORS, go to h2ors.com forward slash sample and they'll ship one out to you, no strings or hidden costs attached. Also, when you make your first purchase at H2ORS.com, if you use the coupon code CCPOD, which stands for Colon Cancer Podcast, that's C-C-P-O-D, they will give you 10% off your first order. I recently had the opportunity to give a talk at a Tampa Bay business owners meeting. It was my First, uh, run through of the talk that I'll be giving at PodFest. PodFest Multimedia Expo is a conference coming up the last weekend in February, the weekend of February 24th in Orlando, Florida, at the Crib Royale. I have the honor and privilege, and I'm thrilled that I was invited to be one of the speakers. We're expecting to have at least 500 podcasters and people interested in podcasting attend this conference that will run Thursday through Saturday, February 23rd, 4th, 5th, and 6th. And uh, just so excited that I got the opportunity to to give my presentation, talk about my own journey through colon cancer and how I launched this podcast. And uh, it was a good chance to kind of get my feet wet and get up on stage and, and do a little practice And the other thing that I'm excited about about that upcoming conference uh, at the PodFest Multimedia Expo is it will be that Friday evening will be the premiere of the podcast documentary, The Messengers. And the colon cancer podcast will be prominently featured in that documentary film. That film will be available not long after up on iTunes. And I promise I'll share that information once that happens. But if you want to stay connected to the journey, if you'd like to see some of the trailers, uh, some of the clips for the film it is so incredibly done. Uh, by my great friends Chris Kremitzos, Neil Gallarte, Willie Harper, and several others who are putting together this fantastic film. Best way to see the clips and uh, get a taste for what's going on with the film is go on YouTube and just do a search for The Messengers colon, a podcast documentary and you'll see some of the great clips And yours truly, uh, you'll see my smiling face in one or two of those clips as well. So just really looking forward to that uh, conference where I'll be speaking, get to see the premiere of the film. And if you or someone you know is interested in podcasting, this would be the perfect event to attend. More information about PodFest can be found at podfest.us. And uh, I'd love to uh, see some other folks come on out and join us for that. The first event coming up in 2017 is the Undie Run Walk. And the first stop, like it always is each year, is in my hometown of Tampa, Florida. Coming up on the first Saturday of February, February the 4th, 2017, at Al Lopez Park, which is just on the north side of Raymond James Stadium. Come on out. We'd love to have you out there. It's a timed 5K run as well as a one-mile fun walk. So whichever one works for you, come on out. Love to have you out there. My team, Lee's Superheroes, will be out in our full Batman regalia like we always are. And we'd love to see you out there for the Undy Run Walk. Again, that's Saturday, February the 4th, 2017. Do you find frequent trips to the bathroom and all the excess wiping leaving you feeling not quite clean and a bit irritated? I know I did until I came across Fresh Assist. And Fresh Assist is a natural oil and aloe-based spray, and what it does is it turns dry toilet paper into a moistened, cleansing, cooling wipe, and as they say, helps you get clean in between. You can get Fresh Assist by clicking on the Fresh Assist logo on the Colon Cancer Podcast website at thecoloncancerpodcast.com, and it will direct you to Amazon where you can get either a single bottle or a two-pack, and if you get a two-pack and use the coupon code 2FRESH, that's T-W-O-F-R-E-S-H, they'll take $2 off of a two-pack order. My guest this week is Matthew Muhorder. Matthew is known to many of you as the guy behind cancer owl, which is a a cartoon that Matthew uh, started. And you can learn more about the cancer owl and follow his journey at cancerowl.com. Matthew was diagnosed two years ago in late 2014. And he created Cancer Owl as a way to be his voice and share his thoughts and feelings throughout his journey. Matthew is also an art-based therapist working with at-risk youth and doing great work in his community. Uh, if you can find Cancer Owl, just do a search for Cancer Owl on Facebook. And again, like I said, you could find him at cancerowl.com. Join me now for my conversation with Matthew Mewhorter. Matthew, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm
1: wonderful. Thank you. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. I appreciate you making the time to share your story with the colon cancer podcast audience. I really appreciate it.
1: I wonder, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I, I'm really excited. I've been excited about this for a while.
0: Awesome. I love hearing that. So how did colorectal cancer become part of your life?
1: Uh, November of 2014, um, I had the official diagnosis of uh, colorectal uh, cancer uh, after having about a year year's worth of symptoms. And, um, yeah, November of 2014, my daughter was just a little over a year old. And, um, this with the knowledge that my grandfather died of colon cancer, uh, when I was young. So it was a, it was a dramatic shift. (laughs) I mean, it was like something that kind of took the wind out of me, but it was something I kind of saw coming a little bit because of having bleeding symptoms, um, almost a year previous. And, um, because of so many stomach issues in my family, I thought, well, you know, like maybe it's colitis, maybe it's IBS, or maybe I just need to stop eating like the spicy food and stuff like that. Like I love, and, um, maybe it's stress and I'm, my body's reacting to stress and my job was very stressful at that time. So I was thinking, well, let me see about just trying to make my job better. And I went and got therapy. So I kind of saw it coming, but nothing really prepares you for hearing those words on the phone. It's cancer. And I heard that on the stairwell go at my work. It's an old like house. So these wooden stairs and I'm walking down the stairs and I had the colonoscopy and they told me they found a mass, but it could be anything. It might not be cancer. But the day after I was just on the phone with the doctor and she just came right out with it. Like didn't spare me any, any time to prepare. She's just like, yeah, it's cancer. And I was just walking down the stairs, and I almost tripped and fell down the flight of stairs.
0: Isn't that something? We all have that exact image in our mind of where we were and what we were doing when we heard those words, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So did you basically kind of just try to deal with the symptoms and I don't want to use the word ignore because it sounds like you try different things, but yeah. did it take a year before you actually went and saw a medical doctor?
1: A little less than a year actually. Um, Cause it was a little bit before a month or two before Thanksgiving, um, of 2013, I was having bleeding on and off like when I went to the bathroom and then yeah, I tried to, you know, like you said, I I tried to do some things about it. Um, I tried, you know, maybe eating this different, eating that different, maybe exercising a little more, maybe taking down my stress. And then I would, it it would kind of go away for a little bit and then it would return. So I'm figuring, well, oh, it worked when I did this. And so I I went and saw a doctor and I, I started putting it off. I even had a friend over Thanksgiving that came to visit and he goes, I'm worried about you, bud. And he's like, I really think you need to get that seen. He's like, you know, I'm sure you're fine. but uh, And then that started putting it in my head, I need to see a doctor. And at the time, I didn't have insurance, and I was getting insurance stuff taken care of. So I just – and I I didn't want to worry my wife. And, I mean, we were new parents, and I just was like seeing if on my own I could kind of get this thing to go away because I had these – symptoms back in 2007 but it was just a polyp when i got a colonoscopy so i thought well maybe that's all this is and and maybe i can just change a few things because it went away when i ate like a vegan vegetarian diet over the years and but um so it was about in the summer july i think it was when i went saw a doctor and he was an older doctor on his way to retirement he's like oh classic colitis he's like you scandinavian types you know you're (laughs) probably a dairy intolerance and cut out dairy for two weeks. it will probably go away. He's like, but I'll set you up with the, the GI. But, um, he's like, it's not going to be until December because we only, only for cancer cases, people we think have cancer, (laughs) um, we (laughs) only set up, you know, we would only make it more immediate if we thought it was cancer. He's like, but you got classic colitis. And, uh, so I had to wait, you know, all the way until December from the, from summertime, To uh, get my colonoscopy, and I saw the GI. She's like, "Oh, it's like classic IBS," and you know, she was preparing me on like how to manage IBS. And so, you know, it was just uh, it—it wasn't anything. I was I was terribly worried about. The doctor seemed pretty confident, Um, but little by little, I was having more and more worries. And you know, staying optimistic, but uh, yeah, so I had to wait a while. Because it was funny, by the time I started seeing a radiation oncologist, I told him how the doctor said I had classic, you know, colitis. He's like, that's funny. He's like, because if you talk to one of us, we'd say all your symptoms were classic <laughs> rectal cancer.
0: Of course. It depends on perspective.
1: Right. So right. how old were you when you were diagnosed? I was 35.
0: So why did you have the first colonoscopy in 2007?
1: Um, I had the first call because I was having the a similar bleeding symptom, and also I was having a very stressful job at the time. It, it was um, similar work that I had when I was having the stressful year in two thousand fourteen. It was like similar circumstances, even the same like boss. Um, I, I I returned to a workplace that had similar people that I worked with with a similar work environment. And it was back then, and and they said that yeah, it was 2007. I was I was bleeding when going to the bathroom, um, but it wasn't as severe as what you know drove me to get another colonoscopy. So yeah, I just got a colonoscopy then just to kind of clear my base. And they said yeah, it's a polyp. We cut it out, and we'll do a biopsy and let you know if we see anything. They never contacted me or anything, so you know I just went on with my life and didn't really follow up with that doctor.
0: I see. So, what stage were you diagnosed?
1: I was diagnosed stage two uh, colorectal, um, which I was really thankful. I mean, I was almost preparing. I was starting to have a lot of guilt before my staging. It seemed like forever before I was staged. And I was so nervous because I'm like, man, it's been like a year. You know, I remember like a year ago, my friend telling me, you know, I confided in him and telling me, and I waited. You know, it's been almost a year. So, I was. I was pretty thankful that it didn't go past a stage, a stage two. It it was all localized, so it didn't, didn't spread. I was lymph, you know, I didn't have any, it didn't travel anywhere, so.
0: And what was the, uh, treatment that was prescribed for you?
1: My treatment was, I started out, they, 25 rounds of chemo with radiation at the same time. I signed a waiver for that because they still considered that experimental. Is what they told me. Um, so I took Zolota, four, four pills in the morning, four at night, um, only on the days I did radiation, and then took a, a minor break from that uh, in early February, and then late March I got surgery, resection, which gave me an ostomy bag, and then I was prescribed up to. Uh, six months of Zalota, three in the morning and three at night, while I was, you know, had the ostomy bag. And then after the Zalota was finished, uh, in October, I was, I had a, a little bit of a break before having my reversal in December. And then and here I am.
0: So you're, you're coming off, uh, close to a year since your reversal. Correct. And your, and your scans since, uh, since your treatment ended have all been good?
1: Oh, yep. Yep. Uh, Lymph node negative. I am uh, NED currently. And um, in fact, my last scan, uh, my last uh, exam with the surgeon um, was so good that uh, she's just going to relook at me in a year rather than six months.
0: Congratulations.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Everything has been completely clean completely clear the surgery got everything out i mean absolutely everything so uh and then we you know we did follow up chemo for up to 6 months and uh cleared out uh, um which is i mean by october last year um that's when they gave me the news you know after i got scanned some more that everything checked out excellent
0: fantastic so you mentioned your quote stressful job what do you do
1: i'm a therapist But I'm um, I'm still what's considered a resident in counseling, meaning that uh, uh, I'm almost licensed, but I uh, do a lot of the dirty work and sort of more of the bottom of the totem pole uh, toward I've been a counselor now for for well over a decade, about 12 years, Um, have done work with at risk teens before that, but working with a lot of at risk populations, you know, so pretty, pretty. Tough situations, and um, did a lot of what's called in-home counseling, where you you go into homes to stabilize them, the homes that are you know really in danger of out-of-home placement, removals, and all that stuff. And but my work is becoming more and more sophisticated as I'm getting closer to licensure. Um, but still, it's a lot of learning. It's a lot of um, it's a lot of working for for places that have a lot of high need, a lot of documentation, a lot of balancing between the clinical work and the the way the documentation is done. And it can be very high stress. Um, Plus, um, when I started at the place I'm working now, um, there was just a lot of needs they had. And I I kept saying yes to everything. I kept saying yes
0: (laughs) to this and yes
1: to that. And I was doing way more than I should have. And I wasn't recharging my batteries at all. And uh, it kind of overtook. And I was I was heading straight for burnout.
0: Now, you use art as part of your therapy?
1: I do. I do. Almost entirely. After my diagnosis, I was able to really streamline what I did. My, my workplace has been incredible as far as just saying, okay, let's let's take this load off of you and have you just focus on what you're really good at. And so I do just almost entirely outpatient, with the exception of supervising some some staff. Apart from that, I mostly just do outpatient. And it's mostly art, and I do mindfulness, also a mindfulness-based stress reduction as well, mostly for, for teenagers. So I do a lot of meditation now in my sessions. So a lot of meditation, a lot of art expression, very calm, very chill in my, my sessions.
0: So I need to introduce you to a couple that I interviewed last week. Uh, oh. David Doshinger and his wife, Tamara Green. David is a cancer survivor, and they created a meditation app targeting cancer patients and caregivers.
1: Oh, wow, yeah. I'd love to, to get hooked up. That would be so, awesome.
0: So stay tuned for that episode coming up. i uh, share that with you and with the audience. So Great. now that we're talking about art, many of those online that, followed your story Matthew particularly on Facebook know you for your work uh, as a, a comic artist with right. the ca- cancer owl right. how did the, how did that come to be
1: I was so thankful to have my therapist in place when I was diagnosed with cancer and one of the things he really suggested to me was to start art journaling my experience yeah you know, he said do it for self-care first but it could be something that could benefit a lot of other people so I kind of had the idea I started art journaling but I kind of had art journaled with the intent of maybe being able to share it with people and I was After my resection surgery, and I was I was in the hospital for five days and recovering. And when I could sit up, I started art journaling. And I just decided to draw an owl. The idea, because I thought, well, I thought of using like people, like drawing myself in cartoon form, and it just didn't sit well with me. I loved the idea of drawing animals instead. Um, I felt like it just it it allowed for people to, to to talk about it by looking at cute animals opposed to looking at like, you know, cartoon versions of myself. I just, and uh, I liked how the way I drew the owl was really simple on purpose. So I could, you know, I could draw it several different ways and it was easy to draw, oh, uh, the, uh, easy to incorporate in outfits and, and different angles and different expressions very easily. So that's, so it just started with me starting to chronicle my experience. And I just, I, I, I wrote those comics straight from the gut. Um, exactly how I was feeling, I didn't hold back.
0: No pun intended.
1: Um, yeah, right, right. Yeah, straight for the gut. yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, and I had and I, I, I didn't hold back on just my thoughts and feelings about false sincerity of people, about what it's like to sit there and have all these people saying things to you and, and I wanted to create almost that feeling, uh, even though you're surrounded by people telling you this and telling you that, that it still has this lonely feeling about it that um, almost feels like people talking at you. And so if you look at my very first couple of comics, you, you don't even see the people that I describe. You just see the owl at the center with these word bubbles. And I did that very much on purpose because I wanted to kind of give this lonely, sort of isolated feeling that cancer patients often have, um, even if they're surrounded by people.
0: Was there a reason why you chose the owl specifically?
1: I love owls. Owls are my favorite animal, always have been. Um owls are just very expressive and um they I love how owls can look easily annoyed as much as sort of like inquisitive and they're just an owl's expression I think captures people's facial expression very well. I feel like owls in particular capture personality very, very well. And, um, again, it was kind of saying earlier too, that, um, the way that I drew the owl felt like something I could draw over and over. And I even thought later as I was releasing the comic is that owls cat, I mean, cats are the king of the internet, but, um, other animals that 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 circulate very easily on the internet are owls and sloths and and since owls are my have always been my favorite favorite animal, it just it just kind of made sense.
0: I see. Now, you, from what I saw and what, the way you describe it, do you p- kind of put it pretty out there as far as how you felt some people interacted with you? Was there any backlash?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend say, uh, um, have a nice life, dude. We're over. This is someone that uh, he uh, I released my first couple of comics. And this is a friend I've known since childhood. And I mean, we haven't lived in the same state in a really long time, but we always kept in touch. And he's always been a little bit weird on the Internet. Like he had written after I was diagnosed, he had written me and he was telling me, well, I, I, I donate to you. You know, but I'm going on this cruise and all this. I'm going to have a good time on the cruise and all this and that. Oh, and hey, I'm writing a book. You want to do the pictures for it? You know, not offering to pay me anything or, you know, uh, kept bugging me when me would be doing this project. So he saw me do the comic and then um, he, he was confronting me really hard about my very first comic, which was basically, uh, to give a little background, that first comic I released, it, it shows people saying, Oh, is there anything we could do? You know, what can we do for you? Just tell us anything at all. And the owl says, well, I do have a GoFundMe account. And they're like, Oh, well, see you later. We'll be praying for you. We'll be thinking of you. And I just left it at that. You know, I didn't even show the owl as annoyed. I just showed the words there. And because he had written me right after diagnosis about not being able, and not that I cared, and I didn't care if anybody can't donate. And, you know, it's just this false sincerity is what i was i was kind of challenging and he uh the sort of false sincerity i think all cancer patients can relate to but he just got very very angry with me about that because you know he had made this like statement about going on this cruise and this and that not being able to afford to donate anything and not that i cared i was fine if he went on a cruise but it was just i couldn't believe he was absolutely embodying my point of the first comic over and over and he wouldn't let it alone online and he was getting me angry i I was getting all these great reviews over my first few comics and he was spoiling it day one Mm. absolutely spoiling it and just telling me that he's like here's what you need to be doing with people with cancer you need to be doing comics that are like this he never had cancer no one in his family did he's telling me how to be a cancer patient and (laughs) as we all have stories like that right Right, right, yeah. So I just told him, I'm like, you know, we, you know, I confronted him back, and then he got angry because I called him on it, and then he was like, you know, our friendship's over. Have a nice life, dude, and all this. And so that was one of the only ones I had. Other than that, I've had glowing reviews. I've had very, 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 very few negative backlash um, reviews.
0: Do you feel now? Now I'm going to get clinical on the on the counselor here. Do you feel oh. that this gives you a vehicle to be someone through your comic that perhaps you're not quite as comfortable being in, in person?
1: Yeah, actually, that's a good way to put it. Um, it's definitely, a lot of the comic has a lot of, uh, now I'm missing the word I'm looking for on it, but basically uh, able to extract some things and bring it outside of myself in, in a different character Um I made it a point to let people know that the owl was me. So yes, uh, certain, certain things. Cause a lot of people got to see the real cheery side of me, which that's what most people see. But some of the cynical feelings I allowed to come forward a little more in the comic, some of the more annoyed feelings that I had, you know, um, that was a little harder to do. So yes. Um, and and you know I I allowed a lot of things like the way I illustrate cancer to also be that to to sort of extract outside of myself a little bit.
0: Is there a particular comic that you've produced, Matthew, that has that you're particularly proud of?
1: Yeah, um, so you had cancer is my 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 favorite that I put out. I took a long time on it. It took me weeks to put together. Um, I'm very proud of it because it's a love letter to cancer patients. It's, it it rounds up all my thoughts and feelings about the cancer experience and it's my way of giving back. I've, it was me toward the end of that journey, not quite done with it as far as the treatments and everything. And it was kind of my way of looking back and giving back. And, um, I feature that even if you go on my website, it'll say, if you're just diagnosed with cancer, You know, click here. I'm very proud of that. Where
0: can people find that online, Matthew?
1: Uh, www.cancerowl.com That's my website.
0: Cancerowl.com. Very good. I'll, I'll put a link to that on the show notes for this episode, too.
1: Great. Great. Well, as we wrap up, Matthew, and I
0: know you're been a fan and supporter of the podcast, so you know what my next question is, and that is for folks who are listening to our conversation, and they themselves, or someone they care about, was recently diagnosed. What words of advice do you have for that person?
1: Some of my words is, uh, for one, breathe, um, breathe first. Um, also, one of my, another word that I use, I almost want to turn into a hashtag, is most most folks are awesome. As cynical as I get in a few of my comics, um, that's actually really having a little fun with a minority. Most people are awesome look for those folks and look for support. And my third thing I say is never shut up. And and what I mean by that is that there's been this culture surrounding cancer to where so many people and I think why people have connected to the comic is because so many people have written me privately to tell me that you know they don't feel like they can talk about it. They feel very alone, you know, people shut them out and My advice to people who are diagnosed is, you know, don't allow people to push you in a corner and make you be quiet. Don't shut up.
0: I love that.
1: In fact, never shut up. We need
0: to make T-shirts.
1: Yeah, I think. Yeah, (laughs) I know. Well, it it probably will be. I'm actually in the process of designing some T-shirts, and that's that is an idea. I, I, yeah, never shut up and and reach out to people. I have found that I accredit cancer owl to being a very big part of my very successful recovery because it has been a constant outlet and maybe you're not artistic and that's fine maybe you're not a writer for a blog or do a podcast but but you can get on a cancer support group you know for colon cancer colon town is this phenomenal uh, hub that you can join on facebook to connect and um reach you know just talk to people reach out don't feel like you got to do this by yourself because you don't there are so many opportunities not to be alone. And I know that there's a lot of people, you know, say, well, 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 you know, let's respect people's decisions if they wanna be quiet and not tell anybody. Honestly, and maybe this might make me a a hair unpopular, I kinda challenge that a little bit. I like to say, you know what, and as a therapist, too, it helps to talk about it. And while I will respect your decision not to, um, respectfully, I'll challenge that a little, though, too, to say, you know, it's, it, this is a, this is a hard thing to deal with by yourself. We we need people. And um one of the first things my oncologist asked me, he says, he, he looked at me and my wife, he goes, how's your marriage? Wow. Yeah. He says, I can't tell you how many people come in my office that don't have anybody.
0: That's true. There's a, and we know a lot of them, don't we?
1: Yeah. A lot. They're just that by themselves, you know? So, yeah, there's there's some real uh, heroes I've I've come to find in the the colon cancer world that are heroes of mine just simply by speaking up. You know, uh, Nathan Drew Allen and and Stephen Estrada, people that just have said you know they, they're talking about it and and uh, reaching out. So never shut up. Most folks are awesome and breathe. I,
0: I love those, and you are pretty open about how meaningful your wife and your daughter are to you. So I know like like yes. myself, uh I'm just as blessed to have a absolutely amazing wife and, and family and it certainly makes a difference. You're absolutely right. So in addition to your website at cancerowl.com, where else can people find you on social media?
1: You can find me on Facebook, you know, search in Cancer Owl on Facebook. At Cancer Owl is my Twitter handle. Um, I'll be honest, though. I, I'm the worst tweeter on the planet. <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I I, don't know about that, about Twitter anymore, but I, I, I keep it, you know. Um, but I have an Instagram, which I'm growing quite a bit. So you can find Cancer Owl on Instagram. Um, also, I'm beginning, and I, I haven't really readily announced it yet, but I don't think there's a problem in me doing so i've already blogged a little bit for i had cancer which is a phenomenal i call it Facebook for cancer patients um i had cancer is incredible
0: um they're great on instagram too
1: yes they are and they, they're awesome and they have given me the opportunity to do um to to feature cartoons directly on their site so there's going to be cartoons of mine that will that will be made specifically for I had cancer. So be on the lookout for those. There's one that's getting that's that's gonna be posted and um so I'm really glad to team up with that organization. Terrific.
0: Well Matthew thank you so much for taking time to share your story with me and our listeners. I really appreciate it. Congratulations on being NED, no evidence of disease. And many, many, many a lifetime of that being part of your life. I know you're an inspiration to those of us that aren't there yet, including myself, but uh, we want to join that club, no doubt. So thank you for spending time with me, and I wish you all the best.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast, and thanks again to our sponsors H2ORS and Fresh Assist for your support. The Colon Cancer Podcast is a proud supporter of Jeannie's Blue Angels, helping to provide financial support to those affected by colorectal cancer.
1: Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast. Notes from this episode can be found on our website at thecoloncancerpodcast.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on our website, on iTunes, or on the Stitcher app for listeners using an Android device. If you or a loved one has a question about colon cancer, please visit the Colon Cancer Alliance website at www.ccalliance.org. Again, that's www.ccalliance.org. You can also email your questions to us at info at Thanks again for listening. Be well, everyone.